What's up everybody, Chris here from Chris Gates Fitness, back with another episode, and once again this week, I have another interview for all of you to listen to. I had a friend of mine, his name's Lauren, on the podcast, and we ran through just a ton of topics that I think are really relative to um, anybody that's trying to get started or continue pursuing a fitness goal. Um, Lauren's a bodybuilder, and he has a lot of experience with training and nutrition, so it was cool to pick his brain. And uh, he and I have known each other for about four or five years now, and this was actually my first opportunity to really dive in deep with him on a lot of these topics. So uh, it was really enjoyable for me, and I think you're all going to love it too. We talked about just training during this COVID era that we're all living through right now. Uh, He talked a lot about building healthy lifestyle habits. Uh, We went into his experience as a competitor uh, with bodybuilding. And uh, he also talked about his fitness journey and how he got started, uh, which was really cool to hear about what kick-started his journey uh, was actually losing 25 pounds uh, over the course of one summer. So uh, that was cool. He talked about how he's doing different things now because of quarantine, like yoga and walking. Um, And we also dove into his experience of training and staying consistent while now being a parent. So I think that's that's applicable to a lot of us uh, listening. Um, so all of that and more is in this episode. I'm going to wrap this up real quickly so we can dive into uh, everything that we talked about. Real quick before I do though, as always, I want to remind you that I am a coach. If you have a health or fitness goal and you're interested in getting some coaching to help you pursue it, uh, I would love to talk to you. Uh, we could talk about what your goal is and maybe how we could put a plan together to uh, to get you uh, to get you there. Um, additionally, uh, you know, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. Uh, the podcast is on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, so you can get this podcast anywhere. I also put videos of these episodes up onto my Facebook page, so you can like that, uh, or you could subscribe to my YouTube account where these videos go as well. I'm also on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So basically anywhere you are on social media, I am there, and I would love to help you work with you uh, if you're interested in you know, pursuing a goal, putting healthy lifestyle habits together, uh, anything like that. Uh, let's get in touch and, and work towards it. So that's a wrap here on the intro. Let's dive into our conversation. Hey guys, uh, my name's Lauren. Um, I am a bodybuilder. I have been doing this for about 10 years now. I've competed about three times. Um, I have committed to a healthy lifestyle for the past about 13 years. And without the help of others, I would not be where I am today. So I am more than willing to share my personal journey to those who might need the help. So I don't talk about it often. It's funny, and I'm, I'm glad you give me the platform to do so because, you know, in the, in the circles that I run with, you know, the beer circles and um, this neighborhood, you know, people don't ask it too often. It doesn't come up. You know, mm-hmm. things don't mesh very well. So um, if asked about it, I am always more than happy to talk about it and to explain in detail, but it's a thing that really I don't cover very often. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we've known each other. I was actually thinking back to leading up to this when we first met and it was, we first met in 2016 and, um, Clemson, right? we no, we first met when we were doing a hail, the uh, hailgate for Penn state. Yeah. That yeah. was a day. Yeah, and then and then we we uh, linked back up at, at Clemson. Those were two pretty good days. <laughs> so <laughs> what a season! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. that was a great year. But uh, and and like so, we've known each other for about four years, and we haven't really dove too much into training or nutrition or anything like that. So 
I was excited to bring you on just to have a, a more in-depth discussion about that stuff. Um, you know, first off, before I want to dive into y- your training history because it's it's pretty long and and you got a lot of experience. But first off, I, I was just curious. You know, we're all dealing with um, a lot of the quarantining because of coronavirus and you know everything that's going on throughout the country. And I know different areas of the country are handling it differently and also have you know, uh, different levels of severity, um, in terms of how much that has impacted people. So I'm just curious to know, like, what are things like in, in your area and, and how are you and the family dealing uh, with everything? Sure. Well, a little bit of background. I moved here to South Carolina in 2013 and I'm at the very Northern tip and it is a suburb of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So North Carolina and South Carolina, very close together for me. South Carolina opened up rather early, a lot earlier than Pennsylvania and northern states. So things are business as usual down okay. here. And unfortunately, you can see the trends are trending upward with COVID-19 because of that. Mm-hmm. So my family and I are still playing it very safe. When this all started, it was a major change for me because I am in the gym every day. And I at first thought, okay, this can be a challenge. I want to maybe capture or, or I'm sorry, try something new mm-hmm. and also give my body a break. I have not taken a break from the gym in about three years for more than a week. So this was necessary for my body. Yeah. Um, you know, getting, I'm 34 years old now, aches and pains really start to add up. And so I decided to take on yoga and I found DDP yoga and it has been amazing. I didn't know how tight my back, my hips, my knees were. And, you know, after two weeks of doing that, I basically learned how to learn how to rewalk because everything was so different wow. and I was just so loose and my agility and mobility um, were nowhere near where they've been in the past, I don't know, 15 years. So it's been a challenge. It's been tough. I love the gym, but I'm trying to embrace the time out of the gym to accomplish a, a new goal and to try to contour my body in ways and challenge my body in ways that it's never had, had, never had before. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, we were texting recently and I actually, I woke up this morning from a, to a text from you uh, that said you had gotten finished doing yoga. And then I saw this morning that uh, you were already out for a run. So you've been much more efficient than I have been in the last 12 hours. Good props to you. But I, I did want to ask you uh, about yoga because, um, you know, so, something that I've actually been thinking about a lot lately is and maybe it's because I've I've been home and we've all been home, but like I've just realized that the athleticism that I used to have uh, ten years ago is a lot less than than what I have now. Just the and and it's not even anything that's super involved or super intense, but just you know quick changes of direction and and uh, jumping and 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 running and sprinting and stuff like that. I feel like we get away from that as we age, just by the nature of you know, having a career and being at a desk and, and all the responsibilities outside of work. So that's interesting to hear that you got back to yoga. Is it making you feel um, more athletic or, or I know, and you mentioned kind of some of the, the benefits you're already seeing. Um, is it something you think you'll continue to, to do even when the gyms open back up? I think so. It makes me feel good. Um, yeah. I feel, a, like I mentioned, I feel like a lot less loose. I'm not as tight as I was. Yeah. A lot less pain in my lower back, in my, in my hips. And it's something that I definitely want to incorporate into an everyday gym routine. 
in a perfect world, I'd do that at night, maybe before I go to bed, maybe for 20, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, depending on the type of yoga that I'll be doing that night. Mm -hmm. So, and, and as you mentioned too, I'm the same way, man. Like, uh, 10 years ago, my body could recover much faster than it could today. Yeah. And I could do things like, you know, play deck hockey or, or play baseball, like club baseball. We play two or three games a day. Mm -hmm. I could barely get through an inning right now. Just because what you mentioned, we are sitting around doing desk work and also we're doing workouts that really aren't tailored anymore to stopping and starting. Yeah. So as the older we get, the less our body gets used to that. Yeah. So if I go out and play a, a turkey bowl game in Thanksgiving, the next week I am just so sore. <laughs> so yeah, it's at this time it's really much, it's finding either a niche like lifting or tracking and, and keeping your body into a place where you could do something like that in an athletic activity at any time through the types of trainings that you do, such yeah. as yoga, stretching, um, a cross-training routine, walking, running. So yeah, that's what I want to be now at 34. I want to have my body. Yes, I want, I'm still want to continue to bodybuild, mm -hmm. but I do want to keep my body in a way that I could go out and do anything at any time with my daughter, my friends, and keep that mobility and agility in my system. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Like, um, kind of to play off what you said, like I, I play, um, in an adult league, uh, for ice hockey. Um, and, and that's why we haven't been able to play for months now. Um, and it's, it's about to start back up. And I think that's part of what I was thinking of too, is like, okay, I've had two to three months not playing hockey before all this happened. I was all already after a hockey game, waking up the next day, my legs would be really sore. My lower back would be really sore. Now I've had three months off from that. And, you know, with the training for bodybuilding or powerlifting, I mean, you're in one plane of motion. You're not going side to side. You're not working um, on a lot of those really beneficial movement patterns. And uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's eye-opening. Yeah, it sure is. Um, and, and with bodybuilding too, you're not being agile, right? You're not doing those types of exercises where you can go out and play football. Um, you are basically um, just, you have one mindset and that is lifting weights to get bigger, to get more muscularity, vascularity, yeah. and not having to worry about playing a sport. Yeah. Well, how, how about running? Has running always been a part of your routine? I stopped running in my first competition in 2011. I'm sorry, 2010. Okay. I ran maybe 5k 10k a day and i'll run here and there if there's a 5k or 10k around i can still do it i can mm -hmm. do it once but that's about it i can't do it frequently but one of my trainers told me about fast walking literally walking as fast as you can and that's what i do every day okay. for at least 30 minutes and now that you know with covid i've done about six to ten miles a day sometimes even tracking up to 12 or 13 like i have done this week just out of pure boredom and just trying to get out of the house to keep things fresh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fast walking is such a game changer for me because I'm staying in a fat burning state. I'm not in a cardio state where I can keep that muscle and burn that fat. Yeah. And I try to do that first thing in the morning before eating so I can do that empty stomach cardio, you know, mm -hmm. get my body into a state where it's burning off the fat and not necessarily the calories that I put in just yet. Mm -hmm. So fast walking is key to my success as far as a um, bodybuilding and a physique building routine goes. Yeah. Yeah. And I would think, so someone here uh, speaking that deals with 
serious pain from shin splints. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think maybe a fast walking routine would be more manageable on the joints and on the shins and everything too. Yeah, absolutely. It does get, take some time to get the hang of it because shin splints do pop up here and there. Mm -hmm. But you know, as long as you ease into it and ease into anything for that matter, um, it really helps out. And having the right shoes help out too. I'm an ASICs guy through and through. I've been for the past 15 years. I've never had any pain. They're a wider shoe, which I have wide feet because of bodybuilding. So mm -hmm. that really helps out in that manner as far as knee pain, shin splints, um, sh general shock um, that absorbs with the gel and the uh, insoles that they have. Yeah, yeah. I like Asics too. I feel like they have, of any running shoe um, or walking shoe, you're getting pretty darn good uh, arch support. And then that goes such a long way in, in regards to helping out your knees and your shins and your ankles and, and everything. Um, how has, so, so back to the, uh, training during COVID, um, you mentioned yoga. H have you been able to maintain any of the other training routines that you had, or ha have you kind of switched things around to be able to still get in some type of bodybuilding type of training? Well, I chose, uh, DDP Diamond Dallas Page Yoga because of the, focus on strength building and muscle building that they have there it's it's more of a push-ups um you know um stretching um doing these i guess kind of ghosting where you're doing an exercise without any weights such as a curl or a chest workout so it really pays attention to those types of movements that you'd be doing without the weights yeah um so you're always doing something like that. And I've noticed more muscularity. I've noticed my muscles begin, my, my lean muscle mass pick up. And I've recently incorporated in the past four weeks, um, a little bit of resistance bands and weight training, okay. but very little. I've never had any sort of item like you have. You, I know you have your gym. I don't have that. I never wanted to because I love the gym atmosphere. Yeah. I love being in there. I love the machines. I love the, um, the other people. That inspires me. That gets me in the mindset that I want to achieve something today. Mm -hmm. and, but I had to get something. So my wife, who is um, in a fitness kick right now, too, got eight-pound dumbbells and one 15-pound weight. I don't know why. Just one. <laughs> and so I, also, I dug out a resistance band. So I've started to incorporate uh, very high-frequency, um, high-reps, um, into my workout and trying to do and um, train uh, training one body part a day. The principle of um, over over training. I'm sorry, not over training, but um, overload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think like ideally you don't have to make a change in your routine because of <laughs> a global pandemic, mm. but I, I do think there's something to be said for scheduling some periodic changes to the routine because i think like just even though you're working the same muscles just by simply changing things up and and maybe you go from a strength block to a higher rep block or something like that and you're still lifting weights but like making a change switching exercises in and out or maybe even for a period of time completely changing the routine that you're doing can be beneficial and and like you said i mean you're you said you're you're seeing um, improvements in muscle mass and whatnot, like that, that could be 
attributed to a stimulus change, just the, the different routine that you're, you're forced to do right now. Yeah, and, and sometimes, Chris, I'd come off cocky when I talk about myself, but I don't want that to be misconstrued as confidence or even telling the truth because sure. it comes off that way at times. Yeah, sure. This is the best physique that I've ever been in in my life. That's awesome. I have had f- 15 years of muscle training just in the gym um, through high school football, through college, um, through my bodybuilding. Um, and now I've taken my body, what I've built up, and began to chisel that through this lean muscle mass building, through these fast walking, through just a completely different types of workouts. And I've keep my muscles guessing now. So for the past 13 weeks, it's been a completely different stimulus that my body has um, had to adapt to. Yeah. And it's more or less than what you talked about, even to go back a little bit, is, is plateau busting, right? If you do three sets of 10 every day, your body's going to say, okay, I know what, I know what that is. I, it's not going to build muscle. And so if you keep your muscles guessing each day or each week for that matter, going from perhaps a high rep, uh, low weight or low rep, high weight, um, even some, you can do some um, supersets, some giant sets. Those are key to really busting through those plateaus and getting where you need to be in a quicker amount of time than you would just a general set exercise routine week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. Um, we, we've touched quite a bit on, on training and, and obviously another big piece to this is the, the nutrition uh, routine and um, you know, I'm, I'm curious if COVID and quarantine and all that, has it, has it changed your nutrition routine at all? Has it, has it hurt? Has it helped? Like, like how, how has that been impacted? I had to change up my nutrition quite a bit because of COVID. Because I'm outside more and doing more cardio, I had to incorporate more carbohydrates, mm. both simple carbs and um, um, some bigger carbs so I could have sustained energy all day mm-hmm. and to keep myself awake and alert throughout the day and then go back in to do cardio later. So usually my cardio during bodybuilding is anywhere from 75 grams to 125 grams a day. And now I'm up to about 100, 150, sometimes pushing 175 on uh, more of a cheat day, a more of a carb high, a high carb day. Gotcha. Um, proteins more or less stayed the same, very um, close to 200 to about 250 a day. Okay. Um, so I'm very keep, keeping that pretty high. And then when I want to lose a little weight, I bring my calories down. So I am at 2,000 to 2,300 calories in a, if I want to maybe lose about five pounds and maybe over two weeks, but with the higher carbohydrates comes more calories. So I'm usually at the 23 to 2,700 mark, um, trying to achieve the goals, what I'm currently setting out to do for a more cardio based routine, but it has changed completely, uh, in the last 13 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, if anybody ever comes to me and they say, you know, well, I, I want to lose weight. What do you recommend I do? The first thing I say is start tracking what you eat. 100%. That is so big. Yeah. And once you know how much you're eating and, and, and nowadays it's not hard to do with, with the different apps and technology that are out there. Um, it's really not that hard to do and you can get at least a general idea of how much you're taking in. And then it's simple, it's simple math from there. If you are serious about maintaining a healthy lifestyle and getting in shape, that is the top thing that any, anybody should do. Mm-hmm. 
because it shows you what you're eating. It shows how much you're actually taking in as far as nutrients go, calories. And if you begin to start measuring food, it is very eye-opening to see how much you can and can't have of something. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but the biggest thing about tracking food is accountability. I preach and practice accountability both myself and for others around me. That will keep you more accountable than anything. Mm -hmm. So if you track your food, and you're only lying to yourself if you don't, or if you track it wrong, right? You're not, I'm not showing anybody else my, my, um, my what is it, a Fitbit thing, unless anybody asks. I'm, I'm public out there. I'm sure you can find it. But yeah. if you want to get serious, just begin to track your food. Get the help. Find a trainer like yourself. Hire someone. See a nutritionist. See what you can do. Do the research. Don't rely on a friend who doesn't know something, a magazine that's going to try to push a a nutrition supplement, do the research, get the help, become accountable. Yeah. And, and like the, a question that I get a lot is how many calories should I be eating? And, and I think it's important for everyone to understand that the amount of calories you should be eating is going to be much different than the amount of calories I'm eating, than Lauren's eating, than anybody. If I'm giving somebody a nutrition plan or, or macros or calories to hit, yours, even if you're the same height, same weight, yours is going to be different than that and uh, that that's something that I think is is a big idea to wrap your mind around and understand absolutely if somebody comes to me and asks me a general question like that what should I be eating how do I how do I get to this point I the first question I'm saying what is your goal do you have a goal yeah. define that goal tell me more about it what are your action steps what are smaller goals that you're going to take to achieve that main goal what are some things that can get in the way of that goal? What can you do on a daily basis to achieve that goal? What does it take as far as everyday life, sleep, training, eating, stress levels? And then from there, we can formulate a plan, right? Yeah. There's not a one size fits all. I'm not going to say, okay, taking 2,800 calories and have be a two one one ratio to um, protein, carbs, fat, right? I want to know what you want to achieve. And then from there, we can really start to break it down. Yeah. But goal setting is so huge. Accountability and goal setting are things that I practice and preach. And I want everybody to be aware of that that is the main, those are the two main things that you need to have in order to make it in fitness. And it's really, it's not that hard, right? People back in the 50s and 60s did this every day. A healthy lifestyle was not a fad. It wasn't it was a the norm. Yeah, right. And so it doesn't take a lot to achieve these goals as long as you're accountable and you have a goal in mind, yeah. right? It's just about achieving. You can talk all day, but until you put that plan into action, that's when the results will come. Yeah. And the, the, that list of questions that you rang off one after another, after another, like that, that's what you need to be a hundred percent. That's what you need to be focused on. And if, if, if you go to somebody and ask that question, like, what should I be eating or how many calories should I be eating? And that person doesn't ask you those questions. Or if that person gives you an actual number, <laughs> that please, that's not the person you should be working with. <laughs> right, exactly. Because I, I can tell within the people that talk to me, I can tell within the first minute if they're serious or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So get that action plan in place and then work to achieve that goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how did you get into fitness? And, and like, how has that evolved over time? Boy, it starts at a really early age, Chris, and I'll try to keep it as high level as possible. You know, when I was a kid, I was really into wrestling, pro wrestling, and God, I still am. But I saw those guys and I saw my toys come to life that a human being can look like that. So I looked at guys like Lex Luger, Ultimate Warrior, and like, how do I look like that guy? 
you know, now I know they did steroids, of course, but that's neither here nor there, but they still worked hard to achieve that oh, goal. 100%. Yeah, yeah. As I grew up, my parents and my family always had a mindset, let's go to the gym, right? They always took me to the gym. If I reached a specific goal in the treadmill, I could go lift with my dad or go lift with my uncle. So that was awesome. always instilled in me at a young age that hard work pays off. When I got the pit, I weighed 180 pounds. Coming out of my sophomore year, I weighed 230. I gained 50 pounds in wow. three semesters. That's crazy. I looked at myself in the mirror. I noticed my clothes weren't fitting. I was wearing the same double XL t-shirt pretty much every other day. Yeah. And I did not re recognize the person that was looking back at me. I felt terrible. I was depressed. I wasn't sleeping. You know, it's really easy to do when I have a all-you-can-eat buffet downstairs. I have the O literally right below me. Um, <laughs> McDonald's is two blocks away. So what I would do, I was gorge at night. And I would do great all day. And then come 11 o'clock, I'm like, I am super hungry. Let's go to the union. I'm going to get a sub. I'm going to get a pizza. I'm going to get whatever's left over. And so, yeah, three semesters, I gained 50 pounds. And so I had that tipping point right there that I don't want to look like this anymore. I never want to feel like this again. And that was March of 2007. Since that day, and I took all summer to, okay, what do I need to do? I need to run. I need to walk. I need to lift weights. And so I went down to 205 that summer. So I lost 25 pounds. Wow. Since then, I've stayed at a very stable 205 to 210. And that's for the past 13 years. And then when I moved here, in 2013, I realized I was doing well despite myself. I didn't put it all together just yet. My nutrition wasn't there. I was still not doing the food right. I, I treated food like an enemy. Mm. Um, like if I ate, it was bad. And I had, it really was really hard to get out of that mindset until I saw when I started the meal prep, when I took the time on a Sunday to make my breakfasts, lunch, and dinners, and actually ate that and put that plan in place, where, okay, I'm eating, I'm seeing my body change, and not only is my body changing, but I, I feel better, my heart isn't beating as fast, um, you know, I'm not having those palpitations. And so, since then, I think I've really put it together, and that's been seven years, and having all of that together is just insanely different than having just, okay, I have a healthy diet, I'm not working out, or I'm working out, but I am supplementing it with Taco Bell, because that's what I was doing. I was going mm -hmm. to Taco Bell every other day, right, even when I was spending 180 minutes in the gym. So I was, you know, I was sabotaging myself. And so that's my fitness journey it, as a whole. And I started to um, compete in 2010, 11, 15, I think was my last competition. Um, because somebody just came to me and said, hey, man, you're looking great. You're in here all, like every day, twice a day. I think you should really do something with this. I know a guy, he can help you out. And so without the help of others throughout this way, I would not be where I am today through the help of trainers, friends, people that are keeping me accountable, my family, my wife is a huge motivational tool. Now my daughter is more motivational than ever because I want her, I want to be a good influence for her. And I want her to know that, look, this dad bod thing, you know, it's not for everybody, right? It's going to be cool for a dad to have abs. Yeah. Even though, God, again, coming up cocky, like anybody can do that though. If you put your heart and mind to it, you can be that influence and motivator to others, especially if somebody like it, a family member, a son or a daughter is looking up to you. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I want to go back to close to the beginning or maybe the midpoint. Um, but that, that point 
in college that you mentioned where, okay, you, you spent that summer and you dropped 25 pounds and that was really like the, the, the match that, that lit everything. Um, to do that, how, like, how did you go about figuring out what you were going to do or what you needed to do to lose that weight? Was it because you had some of that experience in the gym with your family when you were younger? Or like you just said, did you seek out other people for advice? Like, how did, how did you put that together? Well, a little bit of both, Chris. I always had that experience. I've lifted high school, middle school, mm-hmm. college. So I knew what it took. It's just me needing, it, me, me needing to put that in place. I also did the research to see, okay, I can lift, but what do I need to do outside of that? So I need to cut back a lot. And even though I didn't have you know, the, the nutrients or the macros at that time, I was cutting back. I was doing cardio. And at that time, um, what really helped out too is I was the pirate mascot for a couple of summers. That's, I totally forgot that about you. You yeah. mentioned that to me years ago. I totally it, forgot. And come June, July, August in like 80, 90 degree heat, it is a sauna suit. And it is the best workout you could have, right? You're in there for three hours, just burning calories, right? So I'd go on, I'd, I'd go on the scale, I'd be like 210 before the game, and I'd go on, I'd be 200, right? I'd lose 10 pounds of just water weight That's throughout nuts. the game. So you could not ask for a better cardio routine when the Pirates were in town to be in that Captain Jolly Rogers suit. So. You should write that program, how to lose 10 pounds in a day. Well, <laughs> sign up to be a mascot. Yeah, it's very easy to have a 25 pound sauna suit on to lose that weight, yeah. Oh man, that's nuts. That's so funny. Um, yeah. And you know what? I want to ask about bodybuilding too, because this is not something that we've talked about. Um, that is a, that is a sport that it takes, and I've never, I've obviously never competed or anything like that, but I, I read a lot of materials about the sport. It obviously is, is intertwined with just wanting to be, have a healthier physique and building muscle and things like that. But I take it that it takes a whole extra level of mental fortitude to compete in bodybuilding because I've just, I've heard about the preps for competition and, and how grueling those can be. Like what was your experience doing that? And and do you plan to do it again? I do, Chris. And I, if I were to get back to the gym here, I'd like to do that within later this year or maybe early next year because mm-hmm. I want to be able to have a weightlifting routine. And I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't plan on getting back to the gym anytime soon. But it takes a completely different level of self-discipline, one that I was shocked to get into this world because it's a completely different monster than mm-hmm. just going into the gym, banging out three sets of 10 and going in and just eating a chicken breast, right? (laughs) I remember going into my original trainer and and having a program that I thought was right in place. I had it written down. I was telling him and he goes, no, no, no. He said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I'm looking like, well, that's mean, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, why am I doing this, right? Because somebody told me this because I listened to muscle farm or whatever it is, some sort of um, advertisement that told me yeah. I need to take this. I need to drink a half gallon of milk every day. And so that's when I really started to learn like what I'm in for. And you talk about just coming 12 weeks out of a competition, just completely changing everything about your diet, playing up with your carbs, having these high carb, low carb, no carb days. 
And then, of course, leading up to that com the, the competition itself, that week before is complete hell because you are taking out basically all of the sodium in your diet and all of the water. So you can get that um, peeled to the bone look. Yeah. And then the day of, you know, you're replacing all that water with carbohydrates with that sodium to get that muscularity, that vascularity yeah. and like chugging hot sauce, maybe drinking a shot of wine. I've heard about it's that. The so wine weird. makes you more vascular, mm -hmm. I guess, right? Well, look, I'm a big drinker. And so whenever I drink and like I have a pretty good diet, which I'm actually drinking again today, like my muscles pop yeah. because I am just, I'm one, taking all that water away from me because um, alcohol is a, um, an item that's going to take the water out of your body. Yeah. And so it gives you that peel to the bone look too. And so that's what the wine does. It's, mm -hmm. It continues to suck that water out of you and also gives you that confidence that you can get on stage in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> so come up a little, a little buzz. It really helps out too. That's but yeah, a it's a different point. animal, man. But it's, for me, it was just the next logical progression. It was something that I was doing. I said, I might be good at this. And I'm not, I haven't been good at much in my life. But um, I really found a niche for myself in bodybuilding and now physique. And I want to continue with this new category they've had in the past couple of years called classic bodybuilding, yeah, yeah. which is more of the look that you got in the 70s and 80s and not this huge, muscular, almost pregnant look mm -hmm. that some of the big bodybuilders have nowadays. And I'm not saying that's bad. Um, classic bodybuilding gives a way for someone like me that does not want to take steroids and might be a little bit more muscular than a physique and, and still want to maintain my legs, the ability to compete within a field of my peers mm -hmm. that I'm going to be on the same level with, where if I were to enter into the NPC in Charlotte, um, I would get smashed as a bodybuilder. And I might not be what they look for in physique because I have developed legs, I have um, more of a V taper. So it's all subjective, of course, but mm -hmm. that classic bodybuilding, it gives me the, um, I, I guess the, the items that I can put in place that I'm currently looking to do as far as my everyday gym routine. I feel like classic has, has opened up that sport to just be a little more inclusive of people being able to participate, which is good because like you said, um, you know, not, not, not to, to get dive too deep into like the bodybuilding culture and stuff like that oh, and, and competitions and everything, because <laughs> there's a lot there to dive into. But, um, for people, like you said, that don't, don't have any interest in doing steroids, but would like to put in the work and have a showcase for it. Like, I feel like that, that has opened things up to allow more people to, to yes. have that avenue. The parameters they put in place for classic bodybuilding has opened up um, a whole new generation, I think, of bodybuilders to, into the sport. Um, and you mentioned, God, man, if you want to go into a um, a culture, do you think gym culture is bad at times? <laughs> My lord, bodybuilding culture is so super weird. <laughs> I always like to do it with a buddy, just because I can stay sane during these meetings, these the competitions, because there are some pure weirdos and like meatheads there. And I'm not saying I'm not one of them, but man. It is just funny and it kind of gets you out of the, the, the psyche too if you really pay attention and start to see like here's one guy with a posse coming in. He has his girl. He has the, his trainer. It's so super weird, man.
it is like entourage for bodybuilders. Basically. It's over the top, but like in that world, it like it, 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 it that's just the way it is. And it's the norm. I, and, yeah. And it's like the groups are are almost in a competition to see who can show off more. But like that's, I mean, it's a showcase at the end of the day. So yeah. It's so funny, but I just like to stick with my buddies when I do that kind of stuff. I don't want to get all into that world, but yeah, you know, in the, and I, I talk about culture all the time, gym culture, bodybuilding culture, beer culture. I really don't like those cultures, but I'm so immersed in those. <laughs> so I, I almost want to try to break the stigma to make it more inclusive. To, hey, come in, man. We're not all like that, right? Yeah. yeah if you stick with great. the right people and that's everywhere in life too. If you stick with the right people, you're, um, you'll be okay. Yeah. And I, and when we were talking about doing, um, hopping on to, to do this talk that that was one of my favorite things that you mentioned was just to put that across that this is an inclusive type of thing. And there is a community that is not those, you know, dudes and stringers trying to intimidate <laughs> you at the gym. It, it's, it's, it goes a lot deeper than that. And, uh, there you can find the right support system and, and be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And, you know, and to go off on a little tangent here, too, you have to find the right gym, you have to find the right culture, yeah. um, the right atmosphere, right? LA Fitness doesn't work for everybody. Um, you know, one of those conglomerate gyms might not. So even though, you know, I'm bodybuilding, I go to an anytime fitness, because it has everything that works for me. It has a better atmosphere than an LA Fitness. It's more. Um, and also, the people that are at my anytime fitness are there to work. They're paying a premium and they want to get better each day, Yeah. regardless of sex, age, um, regardless of what their goal is. It is inspiring to go in there every day and to see this, you know, a, an older woman worked every day to achieve a goal and you can see her getting better and better each day. Yeah. You know, or, or somebody that might be obese and, you know, incorporating a routine like that. And you can see three down, three months down the road, like how awesome they look. So I, I, I don't know. I, I always think the gym's inclusive, but it's so important to get the right atmosphere that works for you because if you don't, easy to get turned off, easy to get out of there, and you know, you're going to go back into your bad habits and maybe not even go to the gym anymore. Yeah, and you know, I, I think a lot of people don't even realize that there are, there are different options other than a Gold's Gym or an LA Fitness. There are a lot of mom and pop gyms, and, and really now, like – there's been no better time to maybe give one of those a try as they open back up and, and try and support them. Cause, cause those guys need it more than anybody, but um, there are lots of different types of gyms and, and with that comes different cultures. I mean, there's, there are powerlifting gyms that focus on one sport. Um, there's Olympic lifting gyms. There's, there's, there's all different. And obviously now like with the, the studio gyms are, are a big uh, presence as well with things like orange theory and, uh, solid core and uh, you know, there's all different kinds of workouts you can do. And, and really at the end of the day, the, if, if your goal is just to be healthy and happy, it's not as much important to focus on what is the mode that you use to get there. It's more important to focus on the people that you surround yourself, like you said, and uh, just being consistent with it every single day. Right. I will give you my opinion on those conglomerate gyms. I'll give you my opinion on group fitness classes. But at the end of the day, if it's something that you decide to do, you're good at it and you stick with it and that works for you, 
that is fine. That is great as long right. as it's working for you. Right. If you want my opinion, again, I'll give it to you. Here's what works for me. Here's what I don't like about yours. But heck, if it's working for you, if you're doing an in-house routine, if you're doing Peloton and it's working, continue by all means to do it. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. Like I did a, in grad school, I did a presentation on orange theory Ooh, and okay. my presentation was rooted in the statistics and the science that they promote that actually doesn't have like replicated evidence to suggest that this is actually true. Uh, they kind of, they, they like to cherry pick different studies mm -hmm. that support their train of thought and, and they promote it. And a lot of people do that. So it's not, it's not, you know, um, unprecedented or anything like that. But the point was to show that that's not necessarily the case. Now, despite that fact that that is the case, like you said, I'll give you my opinion if you want it. But despite that, if you can go there and be consistent with it and get healthy with it, I am not going to tell you to not do that. Right. I will, I'm only going to give you solicited or unsolicited advice if I see that you're going to hurt yourself or you're going to hurt somebody else. Yeah. I will never just go in an offer and, and even the gym, I will say, hey, why are you doing it this way? Do it that way. I'm only going to do that and say if you're, you're having a healthy lifestyle, if your diet is bad to the point of health issues or risk of death. And also, if you're, going to, if you're doing something so wrong into the gym, like if somebody's doing a deadlift and it looks like it's going to be that Saturday Night Live um, skit where the dude's arms are going to fall off, like, <laughs> dude, stop right now. Stop. Here's what you can do. Yeah. I hate that unsolicited advice guy. So yeah. I'm only going to do that if absolutely necessary. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Cause there's way too many unsolicited advice guys. <laughs> oh God. Mm. <laughs> um, right. so you're, uh, you're also a dad and I am curious and interested to pick your brain and your experiences on how old is your daughter? A uh, two. Two and a half. Two. So for the last two years, you know, I guess two years ago, a little over two years ago, you had a routine and you knew how that all operated. How did that change once you had your daughter? And how have you been able to maintain a good balance there? Sure. So before I had her, I've been working consistently 100% from home since 2006, uh, the early, early 2017. Okay. And so working from home is a challenge in itself where you have to really schedule and be consistent to keep that work-life balance in check. At first I had trouble with it because I was constantly doing something other than work. So I had to tell myself, okay, let's get a schedule. Let's wake up early in the morning, do our cardio at lunch, take that hour, lift weights. That way you can do the work. And then at the night you can spend the entire time with your family. When she was born in late 2017, I realized I had to change up everything, right? So I took a month off, I believe, in um, that first month just to help out around the house. And then I got back into the gym a little bit, but I remember at that point I was rehabbing my shoulder. I had a really bad shoulder. Okay. So I was taking everything from scratch and trying to get the form back in it, dropping all this weight that I was doing pre-2016 where I was really lifting heavy. I mean, when I say heavy, I'm doing 400 pounds, uh, deadlifts, 500 pound squats, like really, really heavy weights. Yeah. And I had bad form. And so it was really, it was getting to my joints. And so when, I guess, long story short, 2018 on, the scheduling has been the biggest part for me. Waking up, getting her up, because my wife on 
non-COVID days is at work at like seven o'clock. She's leaving the house at 6.30. So her mor my mornings are with her, getting her to daycare and either doing cardio beforehand or after I drop her off at daycare, getting my work done, same thing, getting lunch. Um, lunch is my, my me time. And that's the only time that I have for the day before I fall asleep. And my me time is spent at the gym for that hour. So when I get her at the end of the day, 536 o'clock, I can spend time with her. We can take a walk, you know, and you can even incorporate her within fitness stuff. She loves to run around. She loves to take walks. So we have one of those um, crazy strollers that are like all terrain. So we walk like two or three miles a night, which is nice. great. Yeah. So it's been inspiring, if anything. And it's been, yes, a change as far as scheduling goes, but it's been a lot easier than I expected, especially as she begins to get older. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, you know, I think like that's not typically what you hear from new parents or parents with, with uh, little kids is that they, you typically hear it gets more difficult. And obviously everybody's lives come with different, you know, uh, aspects to them. But um, yeah, I've, I've always, cause I don't have a kid, but I've always wondered like, does it just come down to that self-discipline piece, that planning ahead piece to, to just be able to have the foresight to know this is what I've got going on a week from now, two weeks from now, and let's start to put the pieces together today. I would say so, Chris. Self-discipline is huge in that manner, especially when you have start to have multiple kids, right? So when things get too tough or when things get too stressful in my life, personal, professional, uh, bodybuilding, I stop and I look back. I just say, okay, what is happening? What can I do to fix this? How can I make the time to make everything work? So when I am in a schedule, I find myself being um, with, with a, just a completely better routine where I have, okay, here's what I'm doing this. Here's what I'm doing that. My body is more consistent. Uh, my body knows what to expect at those times. So it's key for me just to take a step back, look at what I can do, just kind of take and... I guess take an inventory of what's going on and see when I can make the time. You know, mm -hmm. if you want, if you really want to make that time, wake up in the morning, wake up at 5 a.m. If you have to, my body doesn't do well at 5 a.m., but if I have to do it, like when I take business trips, that's when I'll do it. At times, if everything's too tough at work and I can't take that, um, take that hour, I have to go at night, but I make it a point to invite a buddy at that, that time because I know they can't usually do it at lunch. So I will call a friend that I know that is stronger than me or more knowledgeable than me, invite him to the gym and we'll go together. So just really taking a step back helps me out a lot when it comes to over stressful situations and helping me to find the time that I need to incorporate my lifestyle into my everyday personal and professional life. Yeah. You're, you're talking a lot about routines there and I, I feel like depending on the person, the word routine can come off as a bad thing because, um, you know, nobody wants to do the same thing all the time, every single day for the rest of their life. You, you want to have some variety. You want to be able to do the things that you want to do. You want to be able to pick up and go out if somebody wants to go get dinner or something like that. Um, but I feel like you can still structure a flexible lifestyle that includes routines. Does that make sense? It does, Chris. And I completely agree. There should be flexibility in your lifestyle, in your routine for things that, you know, might not be a part of your everyday routine, right? Some things that might come up to spending time with friends. So today is a perfect example. I can give you a firsthand experience. 
at one o'clock today, I'm going to go hang out with a friend. First time I hung out with anybody in the past 13 weeks, and I am super excited about it. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. So this morning, I know that I'm not going to do my daily Saturday routine. This morning, I woke up at 5.45, got my five miles in. After that, came back, did my daily jump rope, did my ab routine, and then got into taking care of the baby, making breakfast, so I could make time for time with friends. So even though it's not in my daily routine, my consistency, I'm still finding the excuse almost to do the things that I need to get done so I can spend time elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's huge. It's huge. Like, I feel like I'm already looking to the fall even like to, to figure out, okay, what <laughs> things are, cause, and maybe that's because there's obviously nothing going to that's happening right now <laughs> or will be for a while. Mm -hmm. So that might be why I'm, I'm looking a, a little farther into the future, but just thinking, okay, like if, if, if there's football and if I'm going to be going to games, well, how's my routine going to look uh, Monday through Friday, things like that. Like, sure. You don't have to be super crazy about it, but just try and look ahead as much as you can to, to make sure that you're keeping those healthy habits in place, but also being able to, to do what you want to do. Sure. Looking ahead is big to me too. So visualization, seeing what can happen this week. So when I come Saturday, Sunday night, I'll open up my calendar. What meetings do I have in place currently? Where are my periods when I can work out, prep food, eat, take care of my daughter? So having that in mind really helps out too, even if plans change. So yeah. having some sort of concept of a schedule, even though it's not a set schedule, is huge. So come that day, if something changes, or if you know what's going to happen, you have a good idea that um, you've prepped yourself for that. But if something changes, you can easily contour to that change. Yeah. So what is your... Um... What do things look like moving forward for you? You said you want to uh, eventually do another bodybuilding competition. Like, hopefully, we're on the back half of this whole pandemic thing. Hopefully, things get better and just keep getting better. Um, what are your goals looking like moving forward? First and foremost, and it has been for the past two years, is health and maintenance. You know, as I get older, we talked about, you know, my body doesn't respond like it used to. You know, before I go run, I'm, I'm stretching, I'm on a roller, I'm, um, you know, I'm doing yoga, right? So I really want to continue to improve my mobility, my flexibility. Um, that way, you know, in five years, I'm not as sore as I am now. Mm -hmm. So I want to continue to not get more sore, but I want to continue to heal my body and maintain my my body and also maintain my strength too. So short-term and long-term goals, right? Short-term, I want to eventually get back to the gym here within the next three months, if that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I want to continue where I am as far as um, my weight goes because I've lost about 15 to 17 pounds right now in the past three months, wow, okay. just by not going to the gym, you know, kind of losing a little bit of muscle mass yeah. and changing up my diet and being outside in the South is awful at times because it's 100% humidity. Like today is, I think it's going to be 88 degrees. So if I cut the grass, I mean, it's just like being in that mask on costume again, right? I'm just pouring <laughs> sweat. Um, so yeah, short and long-term goals. Uh, so I honestly don't know what the future entails, but I have a pretty good idea of what I can expect for myself. Awesome. Well, I, I guess the last piece I have then is, um, and, and you know what? I, I feel like we've, we've touched on, a, on this 
piece of like, what are your recommendations for, for other people? I feel like we've touched on it quite a bit just through everything that we've talked about, but um, you know, maybe we can leave people with some specific recommendations just about if you're interested on making a change or some type of transformation, um, you know, steps one, two, three, what do you, what recommendations do you have for people? Good point, Chris, because we did go a little bit of a more high level today. Um, but what I like about your platform, um, your podcast, your, um, articles is that you make everything so simple to understand for somebody that might not know about what fitness is, what healthy eating is. And also someone like me who has known this and it kind of drives home the points. So you make your content in such a clear and concise manner that it is so amazing to take in when I get each um, Sunday scary email that I call them because they come so late on Sundays. And I'm like, oh God, I have work now. Like, then it's your email. I'm like, oh good, it's Chris's email. This is a great way to start the week. So I love that clear and concise platform that you give others um, in the community um, for the ability to make a change or to continue in their fitness, um, in their fitness journey. Oh, so thank you for that. Just wanted to say thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. What was the question? Yeah, just uh, <laughs> so, and, 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 you know, really that, that Sunday newsletter is kind of my, I send it at that time because I, I'm, it's normally, it normally goes out Sunday evening uh, after dinner time. My hope is that people had dinner. They're kind of just relaxing before they go to bed and they see it pop up on their phone. Um, and it's, I want it to serve as a reminder of like, Hey, there's things to accomplish this coming week and, uh, let's make sure those are top of mind. So just like recommendations for people that are interested in making a change, like how to get started, uh, what should you do? What recommendations do you have for, for people? I love that. Monday's the reset, right? You might yeah. have had a bad weekend. Monday's always starting fresh. That's what I've always thought to myself. Monday is, yep, it's the start of the week. Some people might not like that, right? But it is a fresh start. You can start it all over. Start if, if you had a bad Sunday, which cheat days are usually Sundays for me. I have everything I need in place to have a good week come Monday, right? Monday's new. So that is huge. I, I really like that way of thought. Nice. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, for hopping on. Um, maybe we could do this again sometime uh, in the future and uh, maybe pick like a specific topic or something to dive into. But this has been cool. Like I said at the beginning, I've always been interested in, in talking training and, and nutrition and whatnot with you. So I appreciate the time. Yeah, my pleasure, Chris. And, you know, if somebody wants to get into something like this, um, you know, it's not hard, right? A healthy lifestyle shouldn't be um, passe. It shouldn't be seen as a bad thing. Get a goal in place. Start there. What is your overall goal? Mm -hmm. One major goal. Smaller goals. Start there. Incorporate a healthy lifestyle. Do the research. Hire someone. Go see a nutritionist. Look up scholarly articles. Put it in place. Yeah. What do I need to do to achieve this? That is huge. Start now. Start today. You're going to look better. You're going to feel better. You're going to perform better. Everything in your life is going to get better if you start a fitness journey, a healthy lifestyle journey today. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this one. Uh, like I said, I thought that was just an awesome conversation. And I want to thank Lauren for hopping on the podcast and, and donating almost an hour of his time just to talk 
training and nutrition and and uh, you know all those different topics that that we were able to dive into. I hope you enjoyed it as well, and I'm hoping to make these interview style podcasts a uh, a mainstay on the podcast, along with all the other shorter episodes that we do. So. Uh, be sure to subscribe, share it with a friend. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, the videos of these podcasts go onto YouTube and Facebook. Um, so, you know, go to any of those places, search for Chris Gates Fitness or the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast, and you're going to find it. Uh, you can also search Chris Gates Fitness on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and you'll find me there as well. So any platform that you are on, please uh, look me up, follow along, and, and uh, we'll continue delivering uh, quality free content that can help you pursue, pursue your goals. <clears throat> Lastly, I am a coach. I mentioned that at the beginning. And if you have a goal that you're pursuing and you need a little bit of help or you need somebody to help you put in a plan uh, that's actually going to work you towards the goals that you have, I would invite you to uh, get in touch with me. You can reach out to me on any of those platforms or you can go to my website, chrisgatesfitness.com. I have a contact page there. I also have a coaching services page there that tells you a little bit more about what I offer, how I work with people, and, and how we might be able to work together. So I uh, hope you'll check me out. Uh, and like I said, I, I appreciate you hopping on, tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation. So until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. See ya.